0: Let leaders come forward and they'll present the Awana Awards tonight.
1: coming down. Let's get out. We got visitors. Regardless of having visitors, let's get out and fellowship one with another. Don't wait on somebody. Those that have friends must first show themselves friendly. So get out, hug neck, shake hands, tell everybody appreciate them. Glad to see them tonight. Could fill my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken string, stirred the slumbering cords again.
2: really what I was feeling at the time, and I pray that you just listen to the words, not the way I sing it. uh, It's called No More Pretending. I can look good when I want to. I know the right things to say I cover up what I don't want you to see But you see it anyway Maybe I think I can fool you Maybe I'm fooling myself I want to change, but I don't know how, and I need your help. No more pretending. No more pretending. And I need you like never before I don't want to pretend anymore I'm tired of hiding my weakness I'm tired of trying to look strong I don't want to say that everything is fine When there's so much that's wrong Tell me again that you love me Though it's more than my heart understands And I will lay down my disguises and show you who I am whoa, oh, 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 no more pretending no more pretending. Lord, I know I need to tell you the truth tonight that everything is not. And I need you like never before I don't want to pretend anymore No more pretending No more pretending Lord, I know I need to tell you truth tonight cause everything is not alright in my life and I need you like never before I don't wanna pretend
0: I'm proud of Ronnie. He's been in our faith, one of our faith teams this semester, and and it just thrills me to see how he's growing in the Lord. I do want to remind you just a couple of things. Uh, of course, I mentioned this morning uh, the fellas, Justified, will be singing Saturday at the Lanham's Bible Bookstore, and they'll be there from 11 until 1 o'clock. So you may want to drop by. That's on Brainerd Village off of Brainerd Road. And there's a mention this morning, Andy and Diane are with us today. They're leaving Thursday, going back to costa rica so at the end of the service we're going to have them come forward and we're going to come and pray for them and but uh, you want to speak to andy and diane tonight be sure to go by and let them know you're praying for them and and uh, they'll be back in about four years but uh, andy and diane would you stand and and let's show our love and appreciation to andy diane let you know we're praying for you bless you and i got an invitation from uh what is the pastor's name at Emmanuel Baptist Church there in San Jose? Otter, that's what it is. there. Oscar, Oscar, I got an invitation. Who he wants me to do their Bible conference in two thousand and two at Emmanuel Baptist Church? And many of you uh, that uh, went with our group several years ago, we went to Emmanuel on Sunday morning. This is a church, brother Bill Murdoch started. And it's just an amazing work of God. Five, six hundred there it just just thrill your heart. And and uh, but they're having their 25th year or something like that. And they wanted me to do their Bible conference. So I'm looking forward to that. But Andy and Diane, we love you. and We're praying for you. And then the service. We want our folks to come and gather around you and pray for you before you leave. But you again, be sure to express your love and appreciation to them. And then also we have someone special with us tonight that we want to introduce to you tonight. And of course, you know we've been praying for some time and asking the Lord and asking God to lead us and to guide us and direct us as to who the Lord would want to serve as the associate here. And we have been blessed. We have been very, very fortunate. Brother David Stansel and of course saw Brother David and David holds a special place in our heart. And then David, after him, came Brother Brian. And, of course, Brian did a great job for us, and we loved Brian. And, and you know, it's been amazing. We've, we've had to marry all of our associates off. David? It took us years to get David married. And then we finally got Brian married. But uh, we had been praying much about who the Lord would want. And, of course, Brian came to me about 30 days before he left and let me know what was going on. We began to seek the Lord even then. But uh, it has been a matter which, uh, that I have really, honestly, I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever sought the Lord anymore uh, for any particular job or any particular person any more than this, And uh, because it felt like this was a very, very important stage and where we are at and where we are going. And I really wanted to know who the Lord wanted this time. And I began with so many people on my mind and so many ideals. In fact, Brother Brian resigned on Sunday that our Bible conference began, And then, of course, I had preachers from 11 different states that was in for that week. And and Brother Tom mentioned was looking for associate. And uh, you can imagine how many resumes, resumes I got that week and different things like that. Uh, Everybody and the calls and different ones. But uh, I, I had a number of people and some men that I just have the greatest respect for and confidence in that in the beginning that I considered and prayed about and whatever And I was just tossed to and fro, one day feeling this way, one day and that. So I just began, I just called some pastors that have good churches, strong churches. And I said, give me direction. I'm wanting to learn now. Will you help me to know? And so I began to gather from them and different things and and just began to draw up some things to which I felt like that uh, would become just guidelines for who the Lord would have us to get this year and of course, the number one thing that I wrote down is who does God want? Because that overrules anything and is who the Lord wants. But another thing, after just after, two, after these past few months and a couple of months and two, three months praying and talking to others and trying to get, yeah, like one pastor I talked to of a large church, and I, and I, said, I asked him a couple of questions, and he asked me, he said, Where do you want to go? And I said, What do you mean? He said, Where do you want to go as a pastor? Where do you want to go as a church? And I told him, then he said, well, that's where you want to get somebody. You want to get somebody that is at that level that can help you to get to that level. And so that began to become a uh, guideline for me. And uh, a few things like that. And so I began to call and and visit and different things like that. Uh, It's amazing how the Lord opened doors and worked things out and uh, just brought people to mind. But God eventually brought into my contact a young man by the name of Aaron. Hampton, and he has served on staff at Victory Baptist Church in North Augusta, Georgia, and Victory Baptist Church is running about 1,500, 1,600 people, and Brother Aaron has served for four years there at Victory Baptist Church, and I'm not talking about a dead, dry church. In fact, uh, when we finally talked things over, I'm going to tell you what Aaron's pastor said to me. He said, do you have any poles in your building? And I said, we got some beams. He said, well, Aaron will climb them. Amen. I said, good. That's what we want. Amen. But after really praying and seeking the face of the Lord, uh, we really feel, and I feel and share with the deacons here, uh, that I feel like this is the person that God has for us to serve as our associate. And I've invited them to be here tonight. They'll be joining us here in a few weeks to begin the process of moving. But I wanted to introduce Aaron to you and his wife, Chantel. They have a little boy by the name of Tyler, and of course, Tyler's a good name, amen. And he's 20 years old, he's not with them. But uh, I want uh, Aaron to come. What did I say, 20 years old? Aaron's 26, so he got started early, amen. So that tells you a little bit about him. He's a fast, he's a, he really gets after things, amen. But uh, it's great to have him here. Aaron I want you to come Chantel would you stand please this is his wife Chantel again Tyler's 20 months old he's not here Aaron this is the one we feel like God wants and I want you to welcome to our church and to our fellowship you're going to love these folks I've got to love them let's welcome Aaron and his wife to to all
3: right brother Terry gave me specific directions on how to run this thing I had to make sure it was right um, I'm a native Floridian, so I guess he had to make sure I got it right. <laughs> uh, Romans chapter 8, if you'll go ahead and begin turning there. Romans chapter 8. For that kind of introduction, y'all will be expecting all kinds of things out of me. Yeah, 26 years old and have a 20-year-old. Hey, all right, I hear staff. Both buttons are over. I did it like Brother Terry told me to. <laughs> Power's on and audio is on. Is that what it's supposed to be? All right. You won't have a problem for me with that. There we go. I'm real flexible. You'll find that out. All right. That means I've got to stand still. I don't know if I can do that or not. This microphone doesn't come off does it um romans chapter 8 verse number one it's a real pleasure for me to be here i'll be honest with you i'm looking forward to uh to what god has for us here um as he said i'm in a very good church i went to bible college there and uh graduated in may of 96 and in january of 97 we came on staff there and uh Really, I guess that probably is every person who comes through Bible College at Victor Baptist Church. That's their dream is to work there. And I was able to fulfill that dream for four years and was not looking to go anywhere, was not looking to, you know, branch out anywhere for the time being. And uh, my pastor called me in, uh, in his office a few weeks ago and told me about talking to Brother Ken and um, just began to think and, and wonder, God, what would you have me to do? And uh, I believe that God has given us perfect peace. This is the will of God for our lives, and I'm looking forward to being up here in a few weeks. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, the Bible says there, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That is a verse that if you let it get in your life, it'll flat grab you and make you change some things. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin... But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Can I grab one of these mics and use it? Is that all right? I'm going to grab the red one. Is that okay with everybody? Let me see here. There we go. Whoa, that's on. All right. I'm afraid I, I normally can't stand still preaching anyway, but especially just a little bit of nervousness tonight. You know, I mean, it's y'all are voting or something afterwards. Well, Terry told me I only needed to preach about 10 minutes or I wasn't going to get a vote. Go back home. <laughs> Especially tonight, though, i probably moving around a little bit. Um, I heard an illustration uh, some weeks ago. On, it was entitled, Wings or Willpower? On a flight from London to New York, a preacher was seated next to a nervous passenger who admitted that he felt he was keeping the plane airborne by sheer willpower. He told this preacher, he said, I think I'm keeping this up just by my willpower. He couldn't relax for a moment for fear that gravity would drag them down. And even though the law of gravity would keep us earthbound, there is a law that is greater than the law of gravity. If I came in here and told you tonight that I believe that I can fly. Now, Michael Jordan made a a great uh, living and made a lot of money with that slogan in professional basketball because he could go up higher and he could stay up longer than anybody else who played. But one thing about Michael Jordan is every time he went up, he always came back down. And if I came in here tonight and told you I believed I could fly, y'all would probably have second thoughts about me coming to work with you. But the truth of the matter is I can fly. Not on my own power, but by giving in to another law that's greater than the law of gravity, and that's the law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics allows me to escape the law of gravity and allows me to fly. If that passenger had trusted that principle... He would have saved himself a lot of needless worry But wait a second before you go to thinking he's a few bricks short of a full load In a similar way many believers are trying to reach and maintain spiritual heights by sheer willpower By ourselves there is a now Paul contrasted two laws in this chapter The law of of sin and and the law of life in Christ Jesus By ourselves there is a law of sin that would drag us down However There is a law that is greater than the law of sin and that law is the law of the Spirit. And it can raise us to spiritual heights that we cannot attain on our own. By trusting that law, we can be set free from the law of sin and we can fly with God. Our spirits will fail us unless God's Spirit fills us. Tonight, if I may preach on this subject, the power of a Spirit-filled life. The power of a Spirit-filled life. I believe tonight that every Christian can see the importance of living a spirit-filled life by looking at the benefits of that life as found in the scriptures out of this text that we just read a few moments ago. Now, if I get to going too fast, I hope she stays with me, but it's not her fault if she doesn't, all right? I I may get a little bit further ahead of her, but uh, Terry assured me she's the best one or one of the best ones that y'all have got, so that shouldn't be a problem. When we allow the Holy Spirit to control our lives and we submit to his leadership, there are three benefits that we find, and three things that will be a help to us in our Christian lives. If we will, for just a moment, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, thank you for this opportunity. God, I don't ever want to take the opportunity to preach lightly. I don't ever want to take the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk, God, in a light manner. And I pray that tonight, right now, God, that you would do what I'm preaching about tonight, and that is fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, I do not want to stand here in my own strength. Do not want to stand here in my own power, God. Do not want to stand here in what I can do. God, I want to be used by you tonight. God, I ask you to speak to me while I'm preaching. I ask you, Father, that you would speak to this congregation while I'm preaching. And God, may we all go out of here a little bit better than when we, the way we walked in. God, may we be challenged tonight to serve you more, to love you more. And God, we'll thank you and praise you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. There are three types of power, I believe, that we find when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives and to control our lives. The first one is what I call an emancipating or a freeing power. There is a power that frees us. In verse number 2 of this chapter, you will see the Bible says there, The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. In Christ Jesus, there is a liberty. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, Now where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And just as a plane can be free from the power of gravity that would hold it down, so we, in the power of the Holy Spirit, can be free from things that would prevent us from doing something for God. You and I can find freedom tonight, but you and I cannot find freedom if we're trying to find it in our own selves. You and I can find freedom tonight, but we cannot find it if we are looking this way, horizontally, at some other church member or some friend of ours. You and I cannot find freedom tonight unless we look one way, and that is upward, and we find the power of the Holy Ghost alive and well in our lives, and that is how you and I can get free. That's the only way we can be free. There are some things that I think we can be free from. First of all, as a Christian, as a spirit-filled Christian, you and I can be free from fear free from fear the Bible says in 2nd Timothy chapter 1 verse number 7 a verse that I have adopted as my life verse for God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind you see tonight if you and I have a spirit of fear it did not come from from the, it did not come from God it did not maybe come from anybody else who's a Christian it did not come from anywhere in heaven if you and I have a spirit of fear tonight we can rest assured of one thing it came from one place and that is straight from the devil Because the Bible says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. You see, we do not have to be afraid when we are in the power of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, I think we can be free not only from fear, but we can be free from failures. Psalm chapter 103, some of my favorite verses in the Bible The Bible says in verses 8 through 14 of that chapter, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Can I get an amen right there? He is slow to anger and he is plenteous in mercy. If it was not for that, you and I both would be in trouble. Thank God for his mercy tonight. It says he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, thank God, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. If you go east and another person goes west, you'll never meet. God took my sins, threw them to the east. He turned his back and went to the west, and he will never meet up with those sins again. Thank God for that tonight. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. By that verse in my Bible, I wrote out in the margin, God knows I'm human. God knows I'm human. God knows I'm going to make mistakes. He knoweth our frame. He knows that we're just dust. No matter how badly we, am, we may have failed in the past, our failures are not final with God. You see, you may be here tonight bound down by a spirit of fear and the power of the Spirit. You can get free from that tonight. You may be here tonight with some failures in your past that you hope nobody ever finds out, or maybe everybody knows. You may be here as a teenager, may have messed up your life, and everybody knows about it. And that failure is keeping you from serving God to your full ability. Tonight, you can be free from that because there's freedom in the power of the Holy Spirit there is freedom I was listening to the radio on the way up here today and uh, did not catch the man's name but as this preacher was preaching he told about one of the first men to ever go up and explore the Arctic Circle and he got up there in some of the water I assume probably in the Arctic Ocean or somewhere up there in the bodies of water surrounding the Arctic region and he got up there and he took a rope. And, he, and, of course, back then they did not have the technology that we have now about finding out the depths of the water. And so he took a rope and he, he tied something heavy to the bottom of it and he let that rope down over the side. And as he got to the end of the rope, he had not reached the bottom yet. And he pulled that rope back up and he wrote down in his, in his captain's log, he said, it's deeper than that. And then he, he got another rope and he tied, tied a second rope on top of that one or to that one and he let down both ropes and he still didn't touch bottom. And he wrote down in the captain's log, it's deeper than that. And finally, he got every piece of rope he could find on the ship, tied them all together, and let them down into that water, and it still was not deep enough. It still was not long enough to reach the bottom of that body of water. And he wrote in the captain's log, it's deeper than anything and everything that I have. I want to tell you something tonight. You may be here and you say, well, what about alcoholism? You let that rope down into the the sea of God's grace and it's not going to touch bottom. You say, what about drug abuse? You take that rope and you let it down into the sea of God's grace and it's not going to touch bottom. You say, what about this kind of sin? What about that kind of sin? What about all of my sins? I want to tell you something. You tie all your sins together and you let them down into the sea of God's grace and it's still not going to touch bottom. Amen. Thank God tonight for his grace. I can be free tonight from failures in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I can also be free from a third thing, and that is I can be free from fatigue. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, it can get tiring. Sometimes we get tired in the Christian life. Can I hear an amen? I want to make sure y'all were like I am. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse number 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to start flying. They shall run and not be weary. They're going to start running. And they shall walk and not faint. One thing you don't see in that passage is that somebody waits on God and God steps into their life and they stand still. They're either flying, running, or walking. They're doing some kind of movement for God. And that's the, kind of, that's the kind of life I think that we can gain as a Christian. It gets tiring sometimes in the Christian life, but the power of the Holy Spirit can keep us going even when we are weak. On September 22nd of 1862, with our country in the midst of the Civil War, president Abraham Lincoln stood before his cabinet members and read a proclamation that he had spent the last few months working on in writing this proclamation declared to the world that on January 1st of 1863 all slaves within the United States would be set free he encouraged the slaves to abstain from violence and he urged them to labor for reasonable wages he also announced that all freedmen would be accepted into the armed forces this document marked a significant point in our nation's history And it was known as the Emancipation Proclamation. However, that document does not compare with my own personal Emancipation Proclamation. You see, when I got saved, notice was served on the devil that I was now a free man. And he had no more hold or power over me. Slavery is still illegal in this country and I still have spiritual freedom as well And I want to tell you something it is time that we as the Church of God Realize there is freedom in Christ and we do not have to give in to Satan's demands We are a free people in Christ and we do not have to be under bondage to anything in our Christian lives You and I can find freedom. What about it tonight? What is it that's got you bound down? What is it maybe it's fear maybe you're afraid Maybe you haven't given it all to God because you're scared of what God's going to ask of you. Maybe you're here as a, as a young man. Maybe as a teenage boy. And God's been dealing with you about preaching. you're like, oh, wait a second, preaching. God, I'm scared of that. Maybe you're here as a young lady. God's been dealing with you about full-time service. Something for Him, giving your life over to Him. But not just young people. Maybe God's dealing with some who aren't so young anymore. Too many times we like to get on to the young people and talk about how they need to serve God, and all the time we're not doing it. What about it tonight? Are you not giving in to God because you're afraid? Are you not giving in to God tonight because there's a failure in your past that you just can't seem to get over? God's gotten over it. You need to. What about it tonight? Have you just got tired? we got a young man in our church. He's in his, uh, I think he's somewhere around 20. Got a great singing voice. Got a lot of talent. Can play several different instruments. Um, graduated from our Christian school. Went and worked in another church in the area for a while. And came back and began to sing in our choir. Began to be involved in all of our special music. Got involved in our soul winning program. I mean, just, just jumped in full force. And less than a year later, you can't find him. I asked somebody about him the other day, and he said, well, I talked to him, and he said he just got burned out with it all. You know, burnout, you can get burned out in the Christian life. But you can't get burned out if you're living in the power of the Spirit. Because that power doesn't burn out. The power of a Spirit-filled life, first of all, there is an emancipating or a freeing power. Secondly, not not, not only do we see an emancipating power, but we see an energizing power. Verse number 6 of this chapter, let me, it's life because of righteousness. Verse 13, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. You see, there is an energizing power in the Christian life. The Bible says in John 6, verse 63, it is the Spirit that quickeneth, or it is the Spirit that makes alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Spirit and they are life. You see, tonight, as a plane is energized by fuel to fly, so the Holy Spirit will be the fuel that causes us to rise in spiritual power. You see, the mistake we make too often as Christians is we try to live this Christian life in our own strength and our own power. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Would you raise your hand? We try to live it in our own strength and power. And what do we do? We fall flat on our face, the devil gets a hold of us, and we end up defeated because we're trying to do it in our own power. And God made it that way. He doesn't want us glorying in the flesh. So we try to live in the flesh, and he's going to make sure we fall. Because he wants us to learn how to rely on him and trust the power of his Holy Spirit. This energy, I believe there are three things about it that I would like to call your attention to. First of all, this energy is available. John 6, verse 37 says, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Now we use that a lot in salvation, that anybody that comes to Christ, he's not going to to turn them away, he's not going to cast them out. But I think we can also apply it in the Christian life. If we come to God and say, God, I want your power. God, I want that energy. God, I want to know something about the power of your Holy Spirit. I want to know something about the power of a spirit-filled life. If we come to God and truthfully and honestly and seriously bow down before him and say, God, I can't make it without you. I've got to have your power. I've got to have your strength. If we do that, God says, I'm not going to throw you away. I'm not going to turn you away. I'm not going to cast you out. I'm going to receive you in. I'm going to give you a power that you don't know anything about yet, a power that's going to lift you out of the spiritual doldrums that you've been living in, and a power that's going to lift you up above those discouragements and up above those failures and up above those problems and let you live on high ground with God. Thank God tonight for that energy that is available. This life is not difficult to find or obtain. It is readily accessible to all that desire it. It's energy that is available. Secondly, it is energy that is assured. Isaiah 44, verse number 3 for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offspring. Luke eleven thirteen. 13, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You know, as, as my little son is growing up, there are some things that I don't want him messing with around the house because I know if he gets a hold of him, he's going to do something with him that he doesn't need to, and it's going to hurt him. And he said, if you as a human fallible man know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? There's only two requirements in those verses for you to get God's power. Number one, you've got to thirst for it. And number two, you've got to ask for it. How thirsty are you tonight? How thirsty am I tonight? Are we thirsty enough to say, God, I want that power. There's something about that power, God, that I need. It's energy that is available. The energy is assured. That energy is also abundant. Number three. John 10, verse number 10. The thief cometh not, talking about the shepherd and the sheep. The thief of the, of the sheep cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Abundantly. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit will give you more than enough energy to accomplish what he wants you to do. Years ago, some men were discussing the success of D.L. Moody, the evangelist who shook two continents for Christ years ago. they talked about what he had done and how many people had been saved through his ministry. One unimpressed minister who was there in the, the group commented sharply, does Mr. Moody have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit or something? Kind of in a smart aleck way. Another quietly replied, and this there's some tremendous truth in this statement. No, but the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody had discovered the secret to the Christian life, and that is allowing the Holy Spirit to direct, fill, and use you. What about it tonight? Do you need energizing in your Christian life? Do you need some power that's above what you've been experiencing? Do you need some strength that's above what you've been having? Is there some weak spots in your Christian life that need to be strengthened? There's a way to get it. and That is to allow your life to be placed under the control of the Holy Spirit and be filled with His power. Number three, not only do we see an emancipating or a freeing power, not only do we see an energizing power, but we see an encouraging power and encouraging power. If you will look with me at verse number 11 of this chapter. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Just as the plane is lifted off the ground in flight, so our spirits can be lifted up with encouragement in the power of the Holy Spirit. In what areas does God encourage us? Number one, The Holy Spirit encourages us in our walk with God. Galatians 5.16, I believe a verse, I've done a study over the last, and I still haven't got it completed, but I'm working on something just my own personal life on what I call some impact verses in the Bible. Now, I know that there's many scriptures in the Bible that will have an impact on your life, but ones that just have a principle that is so powerful that just that one verse will will do something marvelous and do something uh, great in your life. And I think Galatians 5.16 is one of those. And it says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, we fulfill the lust of the flesh all the time. According to this, the reason we fulfill the lust of the flesh is because we're not walking in in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who encourages us to have and to keep a personal relationship with the Lord. There is an encouraging power in our walk with God. Secondly, there is an encouraging power in our work for God. First Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The Holy Spirit keeps us reminded that what we do for Christ is not in vain. It will be rewarded. You say, well, what I do in this church goes unnoticed. No, it doesn't. There's somebody keeping better records than Brother Ken could ever do. There's somebody keeping better records than I could ever do. There's somebody keeping better records than Brother Terry could ever do, and that is God. And everything you do for him, he is, he is encouraging you tonight. He's telling you maybe you're here tonight, you're doing something in the church, you're about ready to give it up. Maybe you're about ready to give up, give up that Sunday school class or that, that class group or whatever you may have, and you're, you're about ready to give up, about ready to throw in the towel. I want to tell you something tonight. The Holy Spirit is here, and he's ready to encourage you to go on in your work for God. It's not in vain if it's done for him. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He encourages us in our walk in our work, and thirdly, in our worship of God. He encourages us. John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How can we worship in our spirit if it's not filled with the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit assists us in worshiping God even when we do not feel like doing. Now, let me ask you something. I've been in three services here at this church. It's a lot like the one I'm coming from. I'm enjoying the fire out of it. Amen is not foreign to me. I promise you, you don't scare me. If you raise your hand, I'm not going to ask you if you have a question. I understand that kind of stuff. Amen? But have you ever come to church, maybe you're tired wore out, not feeling real spiritual, don't really want to be here. I mean, if it really was up to you, you'd stay home and catch Disney on Sunday night instead of God. And you feel like staying home. And you come into church and you sit down and it's almost like you say, God, I dare you to do something to me tonight. You don't say that, but that's almost your attitude and they get up here and start singing about that old gospel ship, and I'm getting ready to leave this world, you better look out. If you don't want God to do something in your life, this isn't the church to come to. There's probably some other ones around you can go and be as dead when you come out as you were when you went in. But I don't think you can come here and be dead long. Why? Why? Because we're two or three are gathered in my name. I'm there in the midst of them. And they get up there and get to sing. And something starts jumping around in your spirit. And all of a sudden, that spirit of discouragement doesn't have room to stay any longer. Those problems don't seem as big anymore. Now, when you leave, they'll still be outside the door waiting on you. But for a little while, you can get up in the heavenlies. You can worship God because of the assistance and the power of the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer, a great Christian writer and preacher, made this statement. He said, the heart that learns to die with Christ soon knows the blessed experience of rising with him. And all the world's persecutions cannot steal the high note of holy joy that springs up in the soul that has become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Refresh your mind with one, bio, with one Bible story and share a verse and I'm through. You remember the story of David when he was running from Saul. Saul was trying to take his life. And David was running from Saul and, and trying to stay away from him, trying to, to stay alive. And he had a city that several, many men had come and joined with him and their wives and families. And he dwelt in the city of Ziklag. But something happened one day, and an opposing army came while David and his men were away fighting in a battle. Another army came and destroyed the city, took his wives and his children, and all the other men's wives and children, took them captive. And when they got back after their raid, they came upon their homes burned to the ground, and their families gone. And the Bible says the the very men who were there to protect David Talked about stoning him. They talked about throwing rocks and taking his life. But what's the Bible say in 1 Samuel 30 verse number 6? It says David did something. He encouraged himself in, in the Lord. He encouraged himself in his God. He had found a secret to the Christian life. Looking this way, sometimes there's not any reason to be encouraged. But that's our problem. We're looking this way. Well, we need to be looking this way. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I can be encouraged even when things are going wrong around us. You may be here tonight, and, and I don't know anything about anybody in here. But you may be here tonight. You may have a family problem. You may be battling something at home. Maybe battling something at work. You may be battling a habit that you can't seem to get over, and it's got you discouraged, and all you can see right now is problem. There is a God who is waiting to take those problems from you. But you've got to be willing to give them to him. Zechariah 4 6, verse I'd like to close with. The Bible says they're not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. What about it tonight? The power of a spirit-filled life. You see, when we don't have the power of the spirit, you and I will live in bondage. You and I will live weak lives. And you and I will live lives that are discouraged. Does that describe your life tonight? Because if it does, I've got good news for you. There's a God in heaven. Who wants to free you from those things that have you bound. He wants to energize your weak spots with his strength. And he wants to encourage you no matter how discouraging your circumstances may be tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer while the musicians come to the instruments. Be still and listen to the Lord. I don't know much, but I do know that in a message like this, God speaks to somebody. He's already spoken to me. But what about it tonight? As they begin to play something softly on the instruments, whatever they choose, I wonder tonight how many Christians, right now from just where you're at, you would say, Brother Aaron, God spoke to me tonight about something in my life that I need God's power in. Would you raise your hand? God spoke to me tonight. There's something in my life I need God's power in. Now, you've got your hand up. Why not right now take the next step, get up out of your seat and come down to this altar and take care of it? You said, I'll take care of it when I get home. No, you need to take care of it right now while God's moving in your heart because something could happen after church and you don't get home till late and all of a sudden you've forgotten about what God spoke to you about What about it? right now, out of your seat? Come on, Christians. They're getting up all over the auditorium right now. Find you a place in this altar and say, God, I want the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm weak. I'm discouraged. I'm bound up in some things. I need some freedom. I need some encouragement. I need some energizing. And you'll find you a place right now in the altar and say, God, I want that power. Let the Lord have his way. Don't sit there and quench the Spirit. Let him have his way with you. I'm going to pray, and then Brother Ken's going to come and close the invitation as he sees fit. But you stay as long as you need to. I didn't see a time limit on the altar. Heavenly Father, thank you for the power of the Spirit. Oh, God, would you help me to take, that, take this message and put it in my heart tonight? Oh, God, there's some weak spots times, Lord, when there's discouragement in my own life. God, some things that threaten to bind me sometimes, but God, I pray that you would help me to rise above those things in your Holy Spirit. And God, the Christians that have responded to the gospel tonight and responded to the preaching and the prompting of your Spirit, God, I pray that tonight every person that's on this altar would receive a filling of the Holy Spirit, a revitalizing, a renewing, a reviving in their lives because of them asking you for your power. God, would you touch them, please? And we'll thank you for that, Pastor.
0: Let's all stand as Rick leads us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Why don't you join these around the altar, and why don't you come tonight and say, Lord, I'm interested in the power of a Spirit-filled life, a power that will set you free, a power that will energize you, a power that will encourage you. Why don't you join these as we sing this Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me all of us, let's sing it from our heart sing it Rid of the Living God Sing it Amen Sing it to the Lord Get up out of your seat, come join these that are in the altar Amen Young people and moms and dads interested in the power of a spirit filled life. Amen. Yes. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes. Use me. Sing it now. Spirit of the living. singing of the stanza while these continue to pray. You folks pray as long as you want to. Spirit We're interested in knowing the power of the blessed the Holy Spirit in our life. God Amen. Fresh fresh praise the Lord, fellas. Amen. Others. Sweet Oh, yes, sing it now. Sing it and pray it as you
1: sing.
0: Yes, hold me. Yes,
1: me. Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: Amen. Ladies, just keep playing. Andy, Diane, I want you to come. And I don't want our deacons to come and anybody else.